This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pines. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we used to watch an episode of the Golden Girls and then talk about it, but we ran out of episodes. And then we broke down all 24 episodes of the spinoff, Golden Palace, but we ran out of those episodes too. So now, what do we do, Carrie? Whatever the hell we want. Whatever the hell we want. (laughs) Today, we are doing a Beyond Golden Girls episode where we cover the many film and TV projects that B, Betty, Rue, and Estelle did after the Golden Girls. And oh boy, today do we have a doozy. This one is such a moment from my childhood on so many levels. I remember it so distinctly. And I'm so glad we're talking about it because I have a very different opinion about it now as an adult. (laughs) So we watched the 1992 action comedy, Comedy. question mark, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, starring Estelle Getty and Sylvester Stallone. You have to say it as the credit or as the title suggests. Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, because there's an exclamation point after the stop. That's correct. And <laughs> dear listener, if you're wondering, does Sylvester Stallone at some point say the title of the movie yes. in the movie? Yes. He sure does. And literally, he sure does. it's such a moment when we were watching it earlier, both Michael and I looked at each other and was like, that's it. That's the movie. That's the, I, I, I saved the clip so that we'll post it on our Instagram and Twitter and stuff so that you guys can have the moment where Sylvester says, stop. Or, or I have to say it like him. Stop. Oh, my mom was too. That's pretty good. It made him sound like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is weird because they sound alike, but Sylvester Stallone is fully American, like fully from like New York, I think, like United States. Yes, he's yeah. American. So, okay, funny, funny story about Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, These... I, you, re- you read the trivia too. Yes. So <laughs> there is a famous story behind why Sylvester Stallone did this movie, which is about a tough police sergeant's overbearing mother who comes to visit him and she begins to meddle in his life and career. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, first of all, it's oh bonkers. God, there's oh, we have so much to talk about. It's bonkers, but okay. So it was pan, so by the way, like flex- when it came out, people. Hate- oh, yes. Yes, we're going to talk about that in a second. We're going to get to all the Razzies at one. Mm -hmm. But so Stallone and Schwarzenegger, they would 
like they would goof on each other constantly because they were competing for roles. They were kind of viewed as like the same kind of tough macho action guy. So Arnold Schwarzenegger tricked Sylvester Stallone into doing this movie. So Schwarzenegger had heard about this movie, knew it was going to be terrible. So he was like, hey, somebody get to Stallone, tell him I want to do this movie. And Stallone was like, no way. Calls his agent. He's like, hey, Schwarzenegger wants to do stop or my mom will shoot. Make sure that I do it. And Stallone, so and Schwarzenegger had no interest in doing it. Yeah. Um, and so he did it. Uh, and like you said, the movie was, even though this, oh. this movie made money. Oh yeah. The budget was, I, re- I, I remember yeah. going to the theater to see it mm-hmm. with my family because I was a massive golden girls fan. And just to give you guys an idea of like where the golden girls were when this film came out, it actually was not after the golden girls it was in the last season of the golden girls. And it, it, it premiered in February, 1992, which would have been the last six months of the airing of the golden girls. So it would have been, it would have been their last season. So it, in Estelle Getty, I actually, I, I went on my IMDb Pro account where I can get more details. Yeah. So this movie was actually filmed from May to August of 1991. So this would have been what Estelle Getty was doing during her hiatus between the sixth and seventh season of The Golden Girls. Yeah. So even the show's been on forever. Instead of taking a couple months and being like, I'm going to recharge, she's like, I'm going to do an action movie <laughs> well because she probably i mean she knew of course the show was ending most likely and she she probably wanted to pivot into what her career was going to look like post golden girls and she was a marketable character actress and when they were casting this film apparently what sylvester stallone was saying was in the original script the character was mean the character was mm-hmm. written to be sort of like a what's that movie throw mama from the train or whatever like that type right. of like that sort of evil mother sort of character or nagging evil mother. And when Estelle was cast, they they made her nice, which I thought was so confusing because sure, Sophia on the Golden Girls is nice. Like she's a nice person and she's lovable and we love her, but she's also really mean. Like she can be really mean. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like Estelle would have played mean really well. And then Michael reminded me that she, and Mannequin, I know she's a mannequin, but I forgot what her character was like in Mannequin. And she was fairly mean in Mannequin as well. And so like, it wouldn't be a stretch for Estelle Getty to play a mean mother. Hello, I mean, in Torch Song Trilogy, she played a nagging, kind of insulting mother. And so mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they went in this sort of like nice direction for the character. Well, what's also interesting, to talk about like just stories about people getting tricked into doing this movie. I couldn't, I was trying to find an interview with Estelle Getty to confirm this. I could really only find it on IMDb. Um, but in the IMDb trivia, it says when Estelle Getty found out that the movie would involve guns, she said she would only do the movie if there were no guns. So they were like, no, there won't be any guns. And they like tricked her to sign on, which I I, I don't, I I believe, I I don't know if I I know, I I mean, like I said, it was only on the IMDb trivia. I mean, it would be just as I, I, I listen, I support her probably belief that there shouldn't be the portrayal of guns in such an excessive way in film and TV. Like, I think we should be tampering down our use of guns in TV and film. But so I support that. But that said, it is literally a film about the mother of a police officer who then she helps him stop criminals and a crime ring. Like, that's the story. So 
guns will definitely be involved. And then when the film- I know, I can't tell if I believe that or not. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely don't think I believe that. But then in the film, like there are like pivotal scenes that involve Estelle Getty and guns, like very intense. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that when we get into it. Um, So yeah, let's talk about, so like you said, this movie, so the it, it did make a lot of money probably because of the star power of Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, um, the budget was, was forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was I mean, huge. He was Demolition Man. He was doing. Mm-hmm. He did that cliffhanger movie. He did like Rocky. Rock. I mean, Rocky. He had been doing, but like mm-hmm. he had been. But around that time, he was doing so many films, and he was at the peak attractive level of Sylvester Stallone. I would say he, he was. was at- so handsome and yeah movie. yeah it was sort of like okay sylvester you got it because now you see sylvester and you're like oh what's going yeah. on there buddy you i mean much. he's aging they're it's all not, aging. no this isn't aging this is what he did to stop aging which is what i'm critiquing yeah. but yes okay that's fair <laughs> um but the movie did make a ton of money it yeah. um 40 million dollar budget it it internationally it made a lot of money it made double internationally than it did in america but it, it grossed 70 million dollars so it, it was a money in 1992 maker. is not something to scoff at no it made a lot of money yeah. um but you know, reviews were not favorable. Uh, Sylvester oh. Stallone said it was the worst movie he's ever done. Um, <laughs> Roger Ebert uh, said, "Quote: This is one of the worst films I've ever seen. It has no funny moments. It has no interesting moments." Which I disagree That's because harsh. it does have some. There were moments that I genuinely laughed, especially at Stell. But I think, and part of the reason why this film was successful, of course, because of Sylvester Stallone. But I also think too. If I was the little kid in 1992 who had watched the Golden Girls and who had loved the Golden Girls and when it was family movie night and I was like, we need to go see Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, then I have a feeling there were other little kids who loved the Golden Girls who also were like, I'm going to see Stop or My Mom Will Shoot for Estelle Getty. Like, <laughs> I'm going mm-hmm. to see Estelle Getty in this film. And yeah, and also, this is, this is another interesting thing about this year. The same year, this is sort of the portrayal of senior citizens on screen and sort of what was happening in film and TV at that time, Grumpy Old Men also came out this year. And so it was sort Love of- Love that movie. Great film, great film. And it's sort of, you know, was a moment for, I think, you know, elderly people sort of pushing into and showing that like just being elderly is not gonna stop you from basically headlining a movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's a really great point. Um, Wow, we whew, we've got so much to break down about this movie. I think we should take a break. I need to have a sip of my spin drift and get real hydrated because we've got so much to talk. Your spin drift, okay. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people 
and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Okay. Um, before we, we get into, yeah. okay, he, here's where we have to begin. Too much, too many guns. Well, too many, many guns. guns but also, before movie. we even get into the guns, before we even get into the guns, can we oh, talk God. about the extended slow-mo credit opening on nighttime downtown Los Angeles that lasted what felt like for 10 minutes with the camera moving ever so slowly over buildings that no one could see because it's nighttime and there are only lights in a few buildings. Like it was, I was listening and the music was so weird. We'll talk about the music, but the music was so weird and it just took forever. And I was like, where is, you had this beautiful little, not beautiful, it was very bad, but like cartoon opening of the title credit. And then you go to this weird, slow movement of a downtown landscape, weird. I must've been taking notes. I did not clock that at all. What I did notice in this movie and when it comes to camera work is there were a lot of just awkward zooms yes. in on something like a straight zoom, yes. like a, like a camcorder do your parents doing home movies at the beach. Um, so the, yeah, so the, there's so many I, guns. like guns. There's were... too, too many guns, yeah. too many gun fights, too many guns. I, I wonder, just, I was taking my notes throughout and I was like, too many guns, too many. Why is there? Okay. Oh, a gun. That, cool. Gun. I, I, I had that there thought too. There are so many guns in this I movie. I definitely had that thought too. But then I had to think back to, I wanted to put myself in time and place because you know, you guys know me as a lover of history. I feel that we cannot view historical things through the lens of our modern eyes because obviously things were different. So we need to go back to 1992 and see how films were being, how films were portraying guns in 1992. What other films were happening in 1992? Terminator 2, Judgment Day, or whatever that film was called. Uh, Falling Down was happening around that same time. You know, there were lots of films where like guns were the point of the movie. And so. Yeah, guns are like a character and they're glorified. I don't know if that was like a thing of the times or what, but I don't think this film was an anomaly in their use of guns. Even though I noticed it too, it was very jarring to see that many guns constantly on display. Constantly. It was like they had a quota. They were like, you know, the word shoot is in the title. Guns are all over the poster. You know, we got to have a ratio of at least, you know, two GPMs, you know, two guns per minute. It was, (laughs) I do not like movies with a lot of gunfire. Like John Wick, I enjoy those John Wick movies. Love it when John Wick can have a good old knife fight. Mm, Yeah. That one scene in Home Alone where he's watching like the old black and white movie Angels with Filthy Souls, the, you know, get out of here one, two, ten. I got to turn the TV way down. I don't, I don't like... Like I stopped going to see action movies in theaters. No, I can't, couldn't see, like, I think Mad Max Fury Road. I was like, this is, this is just a lot. It's so, I I love them. I think the movie's great, but there are just certain movies. Like I did, I went and saw a John Wick movie and I think it was the second one. And I was like, no, I can't do this. It's very upsetting. And what I do love is that this film does the whole, (sighs) the the comedic portrayal, which a lot of the films like in Home Alone, for example, the gun scene, the gun scene where they're shooting up, you know, the thing or in any sort of comedy film where there's guns involved, you never see blood. There's never any blood. There's never anything. It's always people doing the whole like fake, like, ooh, 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 you know, and then they fall to the ground. But mm-hmm. there's never any gore attached to the guns, which I think is actually a bad thing because then 
the ramifications of gun violence and what can happen with guns you don't actually see. So children seeing a film like Stop and Shoot to see someone being shot by a gun and there's no blood or anything and they seem to be okay. You know, they're just laying on the ground sleeping and it's it's probably not the best message to send, but this film definitely has that that moment where everyone who's shot by a gun literally just falls down. Yeah. And yeah. this is a movie like you. I also saw when I was a child. My family took me to see this movie. So and the other thing that up. I thought was weird, the film, which is blows me away. So there's this many guns in the film, right? And the film got a PG-13 rating. And when, even though there's all these guns in the film, it got a PG and the director didn't want it. They wanted an older audience. So they wanted that PG-13. So they added in that Sylvester Stallone butt scene to get a PG-13 rating. But the guns wow. weren't enough to give it a PG-13 rating. That's insane. Yeah. Um, okay, so another thing I want to talk about is the chemistry between Estelle Getty and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, did you so, think it was bad or good? Oh, I thought it was terrible. Oh, I, I look at, I look at, so here, my, my comp for what a good parent-child duo looks like, it's Sophia and Dorothy. The two of them have so much chemistry as a mother and daughter that like, it's so believable with Estelle Getty and Sylvester Stallone. To me, it just felt like there was this disconnect. Like they met the day before they started shooting. They never spoke off camera. They never hung out. Definitely like later in the movie, as he's sort of starting to soften to her, I was like, okay, I'm seeing it a little bit, but for the most part, See, I, I just, I that. didn't feel like, I didn't feel a connection between them. That is something that I definitely have to disagree with because I thought throughout the film, you know, I don't think Sylvester Stallone is a great actor. I mean, I'm going to put that out there in the world, which I don't think anyone's going to be too surprised to hear. Um, but I do think that they were serviceable in sort of their relationship as a mother son sort of duo. I mean, it is that sort of, it goes into the tropes of the ridiculous comic pairing of like, how did someone like Dorothy come out of little Sophia? You know what I mean? It's the same situation here where, mm-hmm. and I mean, Dorothy is comparable to Sylvester Stallone in that he, she is kind of like a larger than life anomaly of an actress, sort of like who is this character, this, this large person, they make fun of her for being masculine, et cetera. And so Stallone kind of has that same vibe too, where it's like, how did this come from this in that mm-hmm. scenario? And I see that. And I think, it, I think it worked in terms of their back and forth. I thought, I thought there were some scenes that were genuinely cute between them. You know what I mean? That they, that they, he was trying to be funny and comical and stuff. And she was being her overly bearing motherly self. And I thought it was cute. Okay. I, here's what I will say about that. What you just said, I would, have you seen the movie Creed? Oh yes, I did. Yes. Okay. Would you watch that movie again and then tell me Sylvester Stallone is not a good actor. Well, no. Okay. I stand by him not being a good actor. Sylvester Stallone is a good actor when he's allowed to essentially play himself. And Rocky is a version of himself. And when he plays that character, he's great because he can play that character. But you make him play something like this, he's a bad actor. And in basically every other film, he is a bad actor. I mean, with the exception of maybe like Rambo, like he's, you know, it's just, it's just kind of, He's not a good actor. Sure, he's good in that. He's good as Rocky, but nothing else. I, I can't think of another film that I enjoyed Sylvester Stallone in. Okay. Okay. That's I stand fair. by that. I stand by that's that. The, that is your opinion. You're sticking to it. Also, Michael Jordan um, was really what Creed was about, not Sylvester Stallone. That's what I would say. 
he, I, yes, but he was, and still, I thought Michael he was, Jordan deserved the Academy Award nomination, not Sylvester Stallone. That's my, that, I'm going to fall on that one. I, I agree. Michael B. Jordan was amazing in that movie. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So those were kind of, well, no, sorry. My third biggest point, which you already <laughs> sort of brought it up a little bit. The, okay. So as we said earlier, this is an action comedy. movie, action comedy. Yeah. The score of this movie felt like it it felt like either it belonged in a Nancy Myers movie or like a TikTok video where someone like bakes tiny cakes and tiny foods and they use like the little teeny tiny spoon and then it goes in the oven and then you watch it pop up and then they decorate it with tweezers like it was so inappropriate for a movie about guns can can we can you actually while we're talking can you yes. in post let us play it yes so we're playing it yes it is one of those scores that you're like, why? Why? Who decided on this? And also, I feel like scores back in the 90s, they they were so focused on sort of like what the keyboard could do that they all kind of have that like synthesizer sort of sound to them. You know what I mean? That you know it's artificial. There's no actual instruments. Oh, like, I disagree. This, this We're listening to an instrument I right mean, now. Yes, I know. But it doesn't, to me, they all have that vibe. You know what I mean? Of like, like the Home Alone, well, Home Alone's different because that was John Williams, but like like kind of like a sister act in a way. Sister act, a lot of the instrumental stuff and the, the breaks between the scenes were all those weird keyboard generated musical transitions that I don't get. It was very early 90s. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna tell it, so you can stop playing it now. I'm sure everybody's been, been listening long enough. Is that enough? Um, <laughs> the, I could not, that music, was so distracting it was so loud mm -hmm. and it was just it felt so out of place because it's so like light in nature like we're going on a stroll a da 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 i'm diane keaton and i'm walking down the beach like i couldn't <laughs> pick I it couldn't. up shells yeah exactly yeah. like i'm on a date with jack nicholson and we just found a seahorse i'm wearing like, a bucket hat yeah it was so <laughs> like yeah, it, it was it was Meryl Streep picking tomatoes like mm -hmm. in a garden. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. So those were my three big points Wait, that but, I so wanted to Let's get about. to, because I feel like this film does not deserve a full recap because it is one of those films that's just like, you guys, if you need to see it, there's really only three scenes you need to see and then you'll understand the entire film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so basically, yes, Estelle Getty is a smother and she comes to visit from Newark and she brings this tiny Yorkshire Terrier that is in literally every scene. And adorable. I was like, that it was adorable, but I was like, that's you're just adding to the Dangerous. difficulty of production by having a dog in every yeah. freaking scene. Yeah. Um, You know, the whole thing with Sylvester Stallone is, um, you know, he's has this girlfriend played by Joe Beth Williams. Love Joe Beth Williams. Love Joe Beth Williams. Guild. Love her. She's his boss and also his girlfriend. So they oh. have like this super inappropriate work relationship where they're yeah. like making out in front of everybody. Um, but he's scared of commitment and his mother is constantly trying to push him to you know, commit to her because she's yeah. a great woman. She wants him to get a promotion at work. And he's basically like, look, my life is great the way it is. Don't meddle. And what does she do? She meddles. Um, so, okay. We, so. <laughs> so okay. she, it's, Let's, well, because she comes okay. to town and the whole, the setup for us understanding this <laughs> character is it starts off that she's shared baby photos of Sylvester Stallone with everybody on the planet. She does this throughout the whole movie. Yes. And it, which of course, and it cuts to 
later on, kind of Estelle Getty, like, making sure that his apartment is clean and that everything is in tip top shape and that even his like gun is clean. Like, it's- yes, she cleans his gun and yeah. she, so yeah, she's first, she's cleaning his house at 3am and she's saying, this is the way we clean the house, clean yeah. the house. And then she finds his gun. And so she's like, Oh, this is so greasy. She puts it in a sink full of soap and water. She's like washing the bullets. This is the way we wash our gun, wash our gun. How were you? So, okay. I, I I was so uncomfortable in this scene. I I was so uncomfortable. I pulled the clip and I debated on, should I, I like for me, even though it's meant to be a funny scene, I felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't think I want to post this on Instagram. Don't know. It was so uncomfortable. She aims it at her face. At her face and, and, even and the though, dog. And it's a prop gun. I'm like, no, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. And these days, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, then <laughs> the next morning he wakes up and he wakes up. Sylvester Stallone wakes up to find his mother pointing his gun right at his face insane again this is played as a joke for comedy and she says you know what let's just play what she says go ahead make your bed (laughs) i mean if anything i love the cackle i love the little good laugh i mean the good sophia the the evil you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just such a perfect Estelle Getty laugh that yep. like, I really, I love it, even though it is a very disturbing scene. Um, a, 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 Another thing I want to talk about, can we talk about like the inappropriate mother-son moments? Oh, you mean uh, when he's in the shower? The first one, yeah. When she walks in on him in the shower. Well, I thought that was cute. That was funny. She goes, oh, please. It's nothing I haven't seen before. Proceeds to stand in the doorway and continue to have an entire conversation with him. But also, like, if you're... Okay, let's get this. Let's just be real about this. So, like, they had to add this in to get the PG-13 rating, first off. Secondly, like, Estelle Getty. At this point, she is just about, I believe, to turn 70 years old. She has worked a career probably never having a scene where she was able to like have a sex scene or a romance scene outside of maybe a handful of like very P very G rated ones on the golden girls. If anybody deserves to be in a room with a naked man and have that man be Sylvester Stallone at the peak of his Stallone-ness, it is Estelle Giddy. And I applaud this scene and I applaud her staying in that room. I was when that scene came on because that camera is quite low you yeah. see you see pubes. so much yeah. of stallone stallone yes and you don't actually see it but you don't see it, it, it's, no. it's it's very it it's there you know it's there film yes, he you did. yes you can uh, yes <laughs> so i was wondering i was like wondering i was like oh h allen is this like a a roland thing for you is this no it's a not a roland situation? thing but there is that whole i think he did like a porn or something or some sort of hippy dippy film in the 70s where he's like running around naked and you can see that there okay great no, it's not that. Um, it's no Roland's Roland. No Roland's Roland. Um, yeah. So then later, way later in the movie, um, <laughs> Estelle Getty has a very inappropriate conversation with Joe Beth Williams as she's oh. showing oh, yes. Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> baby photos. Can yes. we just play that scene? Please. There's a little boy by the pool. It's Joey, only nine years old, and all those muscles. Look, you can already see he's going to have very nice equipment. 
Oh, don't be embarrassed. I'm an old lady, but I'm still a woman. I'm still a woman. <laughs> I couldn't believe she said that. It's so good. See, that to me, I don't think that was intended to be a funny line, which is probably why she won the Worst Supporting Actress Razzie Award. But I bust out laughing when she said that. I did too. It was very funny, but I went, oh my. <laughs> um, and then and then later, it's so funny. Like he, their relationship is so bizarre. Later, there's a scene where they get into a fight and she leaves and he chases her down at the airport like they're in a rom-com. Like he's yeah. like, don't leave. I love you. And I'm like, are we watching Garden State? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> is she wearing a helmet? <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, Garden State. You know, that's another film. Garden State is a great example because that is another film that I watched it when it came out and it meant something to me. And I was like, yep. oh, this is good. And then I watch it now and it's like, ooh, this is yeah. not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. You watch it and then you watch it again 10 years later and you go, no. oh, it was the soundtrack. It, it was the me. soundtrack. Yes, exactly. Whereas yeah. this film was not about the soundtrack. It was about a Getty, But yes, same same principle. Um. So... Yeah. So what basically ends up happening in this movie is like Estelle Getty ruins his gun because she washes it. So she's like, I'm going to go get him another one. Yeah. She goes to a gun shop. And this is probably the one responsible thing that's done in the movie. The guy's like, ma'am, there's a waiting period. You can't have this. You got to wait two weeks while I like look into your information. Yeah. And she's upset because Which, she I mean, she wants to buy her, her son a new gun. Also, wouldn't that be lovely if that was more prevalent in, I don't know, 2022 when people could avoid the loopholes of buying guns same day at gun shows and other areas where they'd have no background checks or no anything to prove who this person is buying mm -hmm. a gun and so, you know, it would be nice to go back to 1992 when they did the right thing and maybe looked into people buying guns. So <laughs> she ends up illegally buying him a gun. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. I love I love rooting for a character who's trying to illegally buy. Well, she guns. doesn't know. She just. Oh, you know. yes, she does. I mean, she does, she but she doesn't. You know what I mean? No, she does. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> Um, but anyway, she gives it to Sylvester Stallone and it's wrapped in a gift box filled with cotton balls for some reason. Um, but I, I did like their exchange here. So let's, let's maybe play that. Did I get the wrong kind? Wrong kind? Mom, this is an illegal weapon. Where'd you get it? From those guys who got shot. They had all these guns in the back of their van. You put a machine gun off the back of a van? I tried in the store, but they said I had to cool off. Mom, you could go to jail for this. Why didn't you tell me? Because I wanted it to be a surprise. It is. I mean, I do love. I do. I love this back and forth with uh, with with Sylvester. Like, I love this sort of like, so not Sophia, but like Estelle, like not knowing that it was a bad thing to do. And she was just trying to do something. I, I loved it. I thought it was cute, even though it is like a what type of gun? It's like a machine gun or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It was a. It was a scary one that it's shoots a, a lot one. of bullets in a very quick succession. And it's very yeah. scary and scary. Yeah. Um, but can we talk about her? Um, she at one point is wearing this sort of like Valerie Cherish Aunt Sassy oh my track God, suit. All time. It's pink, blue, and white. through a lot of the film, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed whole, this track like, suit. The whole bit about basically where uh, – Sylvester, I don't even care about their characters' names because we're just going off their real names. Yeah. Sylvester recognizes that his mom is actually maybe an asset and she's like driving the getaway, or not getaway car, but driving the police car. And of course it ends up badly, but like 
those that to me were the those were the best moments when Estelle was allowed to get in on the action in the way that Estelle could get in and on the action. And like, it's just I mean, we'll post this clip on our Instagram, but there's that move. There's that moment where like they're shooting the gun and the guy Sylvester says, stop or my mom will shoot like that is like it's the iconic scene from the film. It's like the moment and to see Estelle Getty like with a gun in hand, very Charlie's Angels like it's it that to me is the only moment where the gun was appropriate in my opinion. I still didn't like it. Here's <laughs> what I did I felt like, like you had to, you had to. You know what I appreciate? I appreciate, and again, I'm sure there are also safety issues, but like movies don't do this anymore, but they did a lot of really cool practical stunt driving yeah. that I liked like through the city. Um, mm -hmm. And you know, when they cut to Estelle behind the wheel, you know, yeah. I always think of like Sophia sitting on the phone book driving. Mm -hmm. um, there's even a scene later where, he um so basically she she witnesses a murder while she's buying him an illegal gun and she wants to help sylvester stallone solve the mystery of the murder because then she thinks he'll get a promotion and he keeps yeah. trying to like leave her at home uh at one point he handcuffs her yeah to a bat to the man she illegally bought the gun from because yeah. he thinks that's safe for her which that was actually a cute that scene. i thought was insane when she um, hit that guy over the head with the pot i mean that was that was a good moment that was a good good estelle moment. well that was it was so reminiscent of you know when rose couldn't fall asleep and she was going to hit her on the pot she yes. called it sicilian Sominix. you know what i will um, say about this character though that i think is very important to note and i think is a good thing for estelle it does show because at the heart of who this character was it was a woman who was supposed to be and sylvester stallone says it you're old you have a small apartment you have a dog that's your life like he he says something to that degree in the film and to me that was so sad because here is this woman who her husband died when her son was very young so she had to raise him in his final years you know in her his final sort of high school years on her own at a time when women were not able to sort of like have the big corporate jobs and to do the things and this woman has had a life that has been pushed aside because of the patriarchy and now in her golden years she is able to come to her son in los angeles all the way across the country on her own with her beloved little doggy and actually find a purpose in life and a, and not a purpose in life but like a new lease of sort of like excitement in life. And I kind of appreciate that. And I appreciate what Estelle can bring to a role like that because Estelle really is the, the epitome of that. She became famous later on in life and her success came very late in life. And it's sort of, and she loved it. She loved being famous. She was obsessed with being famous and what the Golden Girls did, but not in like a bad way, in a good way. She loved the attention. And so I kind of like what this character represents in a lot of ways of this woman sort of, shooting guns and driving cars fast and like helping her son get the bad guy and all these things. Cause it's sort of like, you're right. Just because you're 70 years old and you have the weird grandma haircut, that doesn't mean you can't like go out there and stop the bad guy. Like you totally can. I love that. I love that. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. That sort of parallel between like sort of getting these, you know, like a new lease on life, like a huh. sort of like late in life coming of age, yeah. you know, um, she, you see scenario. that, you see her face when she's, for example, shooting the gun or driving the car. And there's even moments where I wonder if the director wanted to maybe have a deeper moment, but the the studio maybe cut it, or I don't know what it was. But like, there were moments that Sylvester Stallone looked at Estelle Getty while she was doing the things that he was surprised that she was doing. And 
you never had a reaction shot from Estelle. And I thought that was really kind of poignant because it's sort of like she's just in it. She's just driving the car or shooting the gun or doing the thing. And it's like she doesn't need to have the acknowledgement because she's just loving the moment. And it's kind of that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it, it is. She's totally in the moment. And, um, and I think enjoying, yeah, spending time with her son. Um, although the, the, the moment where, so he went to go visit this warehouse, it's part of the whole murder thing. It's whatever it's very yeah. generic. <laughs> um, but I will say the bad guy is played by, um, oh gosh, I'm blanking on his name. But he's been in um, so many things. But he's from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yes. He plays the sheriff of Rottingham. Yeah. And yeah. he's so good. I could listen to him speak he all day. He played a great part on uh, West Wing where he played this obnoxious, uh, he played the British ambassador and he was like this obnoxious yes. sort of person. And like, he's just, he's a good, he's a good actor. He's so good. Um, But so Sylvester Stallone drives to a warehouse and he tells Estelle to stay in the car and she's like, okay, but as he, he's talking to her, he's rolling down the windows and he's like popping the locks off. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of, cause he's leaving her in the car, like a dog with the windows cracked. And Ooh. it reminds me of, I think it was the episode of the golden girls where um, Dorothy's working at the museum with Blanche. And yeah. I think Sophia gets left in the car at some point. She's like, what you leave me with the car. Or maybe it's when it's when they're they're the grief center is robbed at Christmas, but you leave me, yes. you know, the windows cracked for me like a dog. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was good. Um, but so, okay. The, the sort of climactic moment, mm. which takes place at like, uh, an air, like a hang or like at an air at a runway at, a, yeah. at an airport or something. And there's like a plane. Yeah. And, um, the moment that Estelle Getty shoots the bad guy, um, it's such a like it's it's such a hero moment and it's played yeah. again anytime somebody shoots a gun and it's played as this big hero moment yeah it was just so uncomfortable it was like it's not like she and I again she shoots him in the shoulder I think so it's not like a fatal hit yeah. but um you know but but for her to take a shot and yeah. she shoots a person and Sylvester Stallone's like, you did it, ma. And she's like, hey, and it's so wild that that's how it is played. wild. But, you know, it's in the weird. I get that. I fully get that. And I think if they would have eliminated a lot of the other gun moments in the in the film and and relegated the gun moments, the gun hero moments to be for Estelle Getty, I feel like we would have had a different interpretation of this film because if it was only Estelle Getty shooting the gun or seeing we're seeing her shoot the gun we only see that then to me it's clear okay she's meant to do that that is what this character is in this film to do she is the hero of this film she will eventually be the hero of this film in the end when she finally gets the guy and like that would have made sense to me and I wouldn't have had a problem with it but because there was so much these gun so moments much. that it sort of diluted the final scene because the final scene isn't necessarily bad she doesn't shoot him fatally it is a moment where you do root for that character to save the day you want that character to be the one to save the day and it would have meant so much if we hadn't had all of that leading up to it because then at the end it's like well i remember the first stop or my almost shoot moment not that last one now you know what i mean well Okay, that's funny that you said the final scene, because let's talk about what the no. actual final scene is. The yeah. actual final scene is 
Uh, Sylvester Stallone is taking Estelle Getty to the airport because she's going back to Newark. It's this very like downbeat, like, mom, I'm going to miss you. You're going to come visit this and that. And it's like, oh, okay, she's going to get on the plane and the movie's going to be over. Mm-hmm. And she see, she looks at a man at the airport and she's like, she's like, hey, Joey, that's his name. Joey, I, I saw that guy on America's Most Wanted. And he's like, what, ma, come on. And she's like, no, 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 he, do- he I saw him on America's Most Wanted. And she yells out to him and says something like, hey, you stop right there. My son's a cop or something. Mm-hmm. And what does the guy do? Takes out a fucking gun yeah. because there aren't enough guns already. I'm like, and then, and, and then, it was meant to be like a, a gag moment. A gag. You know? And then, yeah. and then like, like, so then Sylvester Stallone like wrestles him to the ground and he's arresting him. Yeah. And, uh, Estelle Getty goes, oh, now I remember what he did uh, to get on America's Most Wanted. He shot his mother. Wait, And, and then, then Sylvester Stallone looks to the camera face. like, can you blame him? It was freeze that weird. It was that it was a freeze frame. It was that weird like Ooh, face. You know what I mean? Like like when when Rocky gets hit oh, goes to the right, that's the face that Sylvester made at the end freeze frame. The, the end joke was ah he killed his mom (laughs) but i will say like like estelle in this film i too have solved mysteries from unsolved mysteries and so i I was gonna ask i relate to this where i'm like yes see more people need to believe believe us when we say we have solved a mystery for anybody who has not listened to that episode or doesn't remember, can you can you walk us through that journey of how you solved? Um, well, I won't go into crazy mystery? detail because you can go back to other episodes and find that. But there was a moment when I was a child and I was watching Unsolved Mysteries and I saw this story about a mother who kidnapped her two kids. She was like kind of out there and he, the, the, the father had custody and she kidnapped him on Valentine's Day. And then I went to school one day. We had a substitute teacher for PE. And guess who it was? It was the woman who kidnapped her kids. And I was like, <clears throat> you know, I was very taken aback because I knew that this was the woman. And so I went to everyone. I was I tried to tell people, you know, this is the storm. No one believed me. I went to my stepmother when I got home from school and I was like, Linda, Linda, like I just I solved a mystery. No one believed me. So what did I do? I called the hotline 1-800-876-5353 unsolved mysteries hotline. And I reported what I knew and I said what I knew. You know what I mean? And then I felt very good. I was prepared to be famous because I solved a mystery and I was going to be on one of those update moments, you know, that they had on unsolved mysteries and then a couple of minutes later my stepmom came in and said the police had called and that i was like a kid was doing false police reports or like putting in false like they didn't believe me basically and that was my story that is the story i mean there's more to it but like that's that's in a nutshell for the end of this episode <laughs> and as far as we know they never investigated your tip uh there i have looked into it further and i have more information but i cannot say what it is because not nothing was ever nothing ever happened with the with the end nothing ever happened legally but they the children are fine and they became adults and they have accepted what happened okay it's very interesting what happened i'll tell you when we get off because i can't say it okay wow yeah, yeah i'm very sorry to, leave, now. sorry to leave listeners like that but well now they're gonna do their own deep dives um so that's the movie i mean overall i would say like if you're looking to get, if you're looking to, I, I have to go like, is it worth having to watch this movie to see an Estelle Getty performance? It is. For it me, is. I, I disagree. I yeah. think like, 
I don't know. For me, it just wasn't. I, I was. I get so the gun dis- stuff. I, I fully so... get that. If you can detach yourself and recognize that, yes, it's disturbing, but it also is not rare for the time for there to be this many guns in a film. And if you can detach yourself from that, you're still going to be disturbed by it if you're anything like Carrie and I. But if you can detach yourself from that, it is still an enjoyable Estelle Getty moment when you take away all the guns because it's Estelle being Estelle with Sylvester Stallone and even, and I love a bad movie. I love a bad movie. And this is a bad movie. Like this is like a horrible movie and it's so good, bad. It's one of those good, bad ones that like, sure it's disturbing the gun part, but like, it's one of those good bads where you're just like, can you believe that they spend money on this? You know, it's, it's I, to me, it doesn't quite fall into it. It's it's to me, it's found that kind of sweet, not so sweet spot of like, it's not fun, bad, like pause and shit, bad. Like when you watch like the room where you're like, you watch the flower shop scene over and over again. Cause you're like, what is happening? I don't know that, that to is, me, what is that? You've never seen the room. What's just, what is it? Who's in it? Hi doggy. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. You don't know what that. No, I have no idea what you're talking. We're going to have an offline conversation about okay. the room. It's it's <laughs> it is it is famously the best worst movie ever made. Famously. Oh, well, I don't so know. So famous because... that they made a movie about the making of it called The Disaster Artist. Oh, that I know. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what that film is. Yes. Okay. You're, I, you're like, I "Wait, do... are you talking about that movie with Brie Larson?" What's I mean, happening? that's what uh, I thought for a second. No, I, but I do have to say there's a more worse film out there that people should watch because it is one of my favorites and it's called Unconditional Love with Kathy Bates. She plays a woman who her husband leaves her in Chicago and she's obsessed with this Tom Jones like figure, but he dies and she travels to England to attend his funeral and she finds out he's gay. She befriends his widow and then they have to go back to Chicago and stop a serial killer from killing people in Chicago. It's the wildest film, straight to video, incredible bad watch. Okay. Yeah. Well. Rupert Everett's in it too. Should we take a break and do our golden takeaways? Yes, we should. <laughs> we are back with our golden takeaways, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your life or the lives of our listeners. Carrie. What is your golden takeaway from this episode? You know, I usually think about these before we record and I'm looking at my notes and my golden takeaway section is blank. Do you have a golden takeaway and come back to me? I do. And I feel like you're going to like this golden takeaway. Okay. My golden takeaway from this this, um, film is to go to everytown.org. And if you're willing and can give a little donation because it is a fantastic organization that came about you know after well lots of things but it's it's for it's it's a every town for gun safety is an american nonprofit that advocates for gun control and against gun violence and they do such great work and it's appalling that we have not done anything after all of these insane school shootings over the years that not even just school shootings mass shootings in general but school shootings in particular i'm shocked that nothing ever happens after school shootings that it just seems like we do nothing because of it. So if you want to help the people who are trying to do something to actually have something happen, go to everytown.org. You know what? That's a really great golden takeaway. I'm going to piggyback off of that. Um, 
I, I donate to Sandy hook promise. Um, that's a great one too. They, and they do a lot. A lot of people don't realize how much work they actually do on a local level, because that's kind of how you have to affect big change on a bigger level is you have to start small and work your way up. Um, Sandy hook promise moms demand action. Those that's another uh, great organization that, um, yeah, if you can donate, um, follow them on social media. Or, yeah, and, follow uh, social media, spread, yeah. like when they post things, spread them, you know, like, I mean, I understand it's hard to donate to all these great organizations because and people are strapped and it's hard times. Mm-hmm. So like, I just, I always say like, there is value in sharing the things that these great organizations are putting out because even if you're not like famous or you don't have a verified account or whatever it is, you sharing it to your people is part of what needs to be done. Like you have value, you have importance in sort of sharing these, these stories and these updates. So share them to your 120 people or your 120,000 people, whatever it is, like it all matters. And everyone hopefully will then click on it and do something and take action or whatever it is, you know? I'm so glad that you said that, that you went first for the golden takeaway. I'm so glad that I wasn't like, my golden takeaway is <laughs> Sylvester Stallone looked really good in that giant baby diaper. No, and then you're like, did. here's where you can donate to stop oh, I'm gonna, that. <laughs> I'm going to post, post the baby diaper clip on Instagram as well. Great. That was so wild. I, can't I have a few clips. I have a few that. clips that I want to post and that, those that's one of them. Yeah, that's, this movie was so wild. This movie Um, was wild, but I'm so glad we watched it because it is such an important film in the Beyond Golden Girls repertoire. Yes, thank you all so so much for listening. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what do you what do you think about this movie? Has it aged well? Has it not aged well? Did you see it as a kid? Have you seen it for the first time as an adult? What do you think of Sylvester Stallone yeah. and the giant baby diaper? Let us know in the Let comments. Us know. We really want to know. I mean, because it is hard to watch this film. We had it's not streaming, and it's not. I have I did not find it on YouTube or Daily Motion, but we had to rent it. So if you if you really want to watch it, you might have to go rent it on one of the streaming platforms. Just FYI. Yeah. I got it for $4 on Amazon rented. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, So yeah, we will catch all of you here next week for more golden girls, greatness and HLM. Where can everybody find us? Well, you guys, we are a part of who ha ha. So you can like go follow them on all the great things that they're doing because they're doing all kinds of fun stuff. And you can follow us on all the social medias at Twitter. We are at golden girls pod on Instagram. We are out on the lanai official on Facebook. We are golden girls pod. And I am H. Allen Scott and Sadie Pines on everything. And I'm Squidzy on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And if you have a second, please rate and review the podcast wherever you get it, because the more ratings that you give us, the more people find the podcast. And then the more Golden Girls fans come together with lots of love. Ooh, and guys, remember. Remember, as always, stay golden. Stay golden. You would see the biggest gift would be.